everybody, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am Jahananan, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian, casualty CDG, but you can call me Gary. I have been dubbed the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and for the first time on Fresh Out the Podcast, we have a special guest. So this it's it's a two th- it's two way, right? Cuz it's a first time guest. He's it's his first time as a guest on the show, but this is also the first time that we've had a guest. So it's like a double a double first time I was, there. <clears throat> I was having a lot of fun writing the notes for how we had a first time guest and I stared at the notes and was like I thought the same thing as you. He's like it's a first time first time guest, right? I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know it was going to be the actual first guest. I thought you guys had some, some other guys on before. No. Okay. Did we give you permission to talk? I haven't even <laughs> said your name yet. I haven't finished your introduction because Gary interrupted me. But okay. Okay. Fine. You're fine. You you can. Okay. Man, I fine. thought I was supposed to be the mean one. What's happening? Do you want to? Do you need a back rub? We have. We have Nico Rodriguez here, who is a, a local Houston area um, independent comic book artist, writer, creator. Uh, Nico, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been I've been doing indie comics for about uh, four or five years now. Um, basically, do a whole bunch of stuff. I, I write scripts. I do art. I do cover art. I do coloring. I do uh, lettering. But um, I've got one. A book coming out with a publisher called Action Lab, and a whole bunch of other in- independent stuff that I just kind of do on my own time, whenever I can. Uh, unfortunately, it's not a full-time thing yet, so I've got a balance. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. I love it. So that's that's awesome. Um, I have actually a lot of questions that I want to ask you. I think we all have a lot of questions we want to ask you about all of that. But first, I have a really important question, and it's about shoes. Um, and this isn't just for you. This is for everybody. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. The question is about shoes? Shoes. 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 So, shoes, so like that you okay. wear on your feet. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm just curious how other people decide like when you're like hey i need a new pair of shoes and you go get a new pair of shoes right like do you have a brand preference like do you look at nike specifically or do you look at nike and adidas and reebok or you know like do you do you look only at one brand because you're like nah this is this is my my type of shoe this is what i go for or are you just kind of open-minded looking for everything when you go shop for new shoes like do you have do you have like what's your process i say you being any of you wear crocs there's no way that's true <laughs> yeah it might be i mean is it true or are you yeah we're croc I, well, I have croc sandals uh and you know they make other shoes too and they're they're quality actually my wife would go to bat for the croc sandals she has some and she says they're super super comfortable super comfy yeah, i have the sandals and then they also make slip-ons that aren't the uh rubber all around so yeah, that's like what she has. They're like they're like slips, but they're croc branded. Yeah, they're like uh nurse shoes almost. You know, for years I only bought skate <laughs> shoes. Uh I bought big, comfortable shoes that were like strapping pillows to your feet. 
And now in my <laughs> now in my old age, I, I got shit from my roommate recently because I have uh, I've already given up tying shoes. Fuck all that. So I have some slip-on shoes that I will go to bat for. There's some slip-on Skechers. They are comfortable as hell, and I'm going to keep on getting some slip-on shoes unless I'm, like, going hiking or running. But I don't find myself in a foot race near often enough to need to tie shoes every time I'm trying to go outside. Yeah, that's 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 pretty... I think for, for me, so I've... I have Nikes for the majority of the part, but... Usually I'm going to like the the Nike outlet store to like go look on like the clearance racks in the back, um, and I can usually find something pretty decently comfortable at a decent price. So that's probably my go-to. Other than that, but honestly, I don't buy shoes very often. So I'm I don't kind either. Of I'm not a I'm not a shoe head, a sneaker. Head. None of us are sneaker heads. Yeah. Um. I no. I I actually mostly shop for new balance and that's not just because i'm a father now as tiktok would have you believe if you're you know any of those kinds of memes of like you know once you become a dad you have to start wearing new balance shoes that's like a my (laughs) my dad wore my dad wore new balance shoes well i so i've been ever since i was young i i've always been kind of flat-footed so i always had to have like i had orthotics for a long time because of it and and so now as I'm older, like I, doctor's orders actually are like New Balance are the shoes to wear that, you know, they're the most structurally sound, have the best arch support and all that kind of stuff. So they're super, super comfortable. And I will give New Balance credit because they do have some of their, their old school style shoes that are just, you know, solid colors, but they actually have some really nice designs for some of their newer sneakers now. So that's, that's, that's nice. what I go for. They're, they're comfortable. I, lo- I like Nike shoes, though. Like, I think there are so many pairs of Nike shoes that just look super cool. But I'm yeah. just I actually living in Houston and with the heat here, I, 99% of the time that I go out, I wear flip flops anyways. But if I do wear sneakers, that's I have new. Balance. See, I like Converse, but I have wide feet and they don't really make wide Converse. So I just rip them in half like after a couple weeks. You like like Chuck Taylor Converse? Yeah, like Chuck Taylor Converse. Those are horrible. That's a hard rubber sole in a canvas shoe. That's, that's I I I have a hard rubber sole. So, <laughs> you guys did did uh, any of you ever used to have the uh, Heelys back in the day? <laughs> I was not so fortunate. Remember those? I do. Man, I <laughs> I looked down at Jahan because I figured if anyone was going to have Heelys, it would have been him. Uh, no, I was always a heavy boy, and if I would have had Heelys, I would have busted the back of my head open. <laughs> They yeah, were, I thought they were neat back in the day, but I never owned them. Myself. I think they I think they I had other. Yeah, they they, they had some other shoes called like soaps or something mm-hmm. that had little like grind arches on it. Those were soaps were my favorite. It was a missed <laughs> opportunity to not hell? blend the soaps with the Heelys and have the full shoe. Uh, you're in your extreme off-road action shoe. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been some really quality podcasting. That's all for today's <laughs> show. Thank you all for tuning in to the Fresh content. Out the no, I'm just joking. I'm just Fresh joking. Nico, let's box. let's talk your uh, your your comic book stuff that's going on. So tell us a little bit about. Um, I mean, have you have you been drawing, you know, for a long time, or did you start writing, or how, you know, what was what's kind of been your process, I guess, um, in your adult life with deciding that comic books was something that not only you were interested in, but you wanted to make more of a career for yourself. Yeah. I mean, um, 
I guess, you know, ever ever since I was a kid, I was always kind of doodling in, like, margins of homework and tests and whatnot. But, um, I mean, I always used to read tons of novels, tons of sci-fi books and whatnot. So I think my love for kind of creating stories started there. Um, and then kind of as I got a little bit older, I started trying to write kind of prose type of, of, of you know, short stories and novels. Um but I had always been an avid comic book collector. So kind of as time went on, I was, you know, writing, I was kind of just grinding through these like novel type of documents. And I'm like, man, like I read comics so much. I collect them all the time. I love them. Why am I not trying to write, you know, comic scripts? So I, I kind of just did a did a, a whole deep dive into like script writing and just kind of figure out the like the ins and outs and, you know, how to, how to collaborate. Um, and then, you know, I went through, through, throughout college, there was kind of a, a break there where I was kind of focusing because I, I went to I went to college at LSU, so I moved to a, a different state, and uh, I was kind of just trying to like, find my way, you know, there. So I kind of put comics and novel writing and whatnot on the on the back burner. But uh, now, whenever I graduated, I kind of got back into comics and um, started going to the shop every week, and I just refound my love for it, man. And um. I went to a couple conventions and just kind of started networking with some artists, writers and whatnot. And, um, you know, I wrote a script, I sent it to an artist and he liked it a lot. And just from there, as we started, you know, working together on a, on a book and I started seeing these pages kind of come to life, like these things that I see in my head all the time and they're actually down on paper, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of, fire starter there and i kind of just haven't stopped loving it since man and uh yeah it's it's it's, it's been great have you ever had like a, a character or something that you created and maybe you you had a vision of what that character looked like in your mind and then you see it drawn on paper in a way that's entirely different but you but you actually say like well you know this is actually it this this is what that character is that maybe the vision in your head isn't even wasn't even the right vision once you see what what an artist's interpretation of it is. Yeah, um, it's, it's happened in a couple different facets. I think so. Um, I'm doing a, a a horror fantasy book called Feeder, and it centers around this girl named Shay Martinez that has this creature living inside of her that gets summoned every time someone falls in love with her. So the the main creature design was was on this creature, and I kind of drew out some sketches and sent them to the to the artist you know, very, you know, preliminary kind of designs. And then whenever I got those back, I was just kind of like, whoa, this is, this is, this is what it needs to be. Um, so that's happened on, on that section. And, but then whenever I'm doing my own comics and I'm drawing everything as well, usually the seed that I have in my head usually translates pretty well, but I love drawing like non-human things. So whenever I'm drawing like I can, I have a I have a book where I drew a um, basically like this flying whale that gets transformed out of a raindrop. So I kind of um, with that like I kind of visioned something, but as I just started sketching it out, it kind of came 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 to fruition. And uh, so yeah, in, in that sense, it kind of altered from what I originally thought it was going to be. But yeah, really cool. Um, just. For, for I guess for the Houston scene for this, are there a lot of comic creators, right? You know, writers, artists in Houston area, or is it? 
Not so much, man. Um, so there's, there's, I have, I have a, I have a couple friends that are kind of, um, you know, getting, getting into creating comics. Um, but there's really not. And that's kind of, honestly, that's been one of the things that has honestly kind of sucked about it because, you know, <laughs> so I went to a convention in, uh, in, uh, in Anaheim, California. It's called, uh, WonderCon. And I went there and the comic creation community there is just, it's, it's huge. You know, they have a whole panel dedicated to, you know, artists, writers, letters, colors, and everybody goes in there, networks with, with each other. You know, they have weekly meetups where they kind of just go, you know, to a, a coffee shop or a bar and just kind of talk about, you know, what they're doing, you know, next projects and whatnot. So it, it was awesome when I went there and I was like, man, if only like this kind of existed in the Houston area. Um, but there, there's just, there's really not too much. Um, there's now, but there's a good like collector and like reader fan base. You know, whenever I go to uh, Bedrock City Comics, that's my that's my my home of for for comics. And you know, we have like book clubs and stuff every month. Um, so it's it's still great, you know, getting to kind of converse with everybody that's into comics. But you know, there's a certain you know there's a distinguished mindset when it's like okay, let's make these actual comics because comics take so much time, you know, because you're not, you know, you're not filming things and taking pictures of them. You're drawing each frame out. So, yeah, I, I, I wish there was more. So if you guys know of anybody, <laughs> you know. Hey, man, put the word out on Fresh Out the Podcast, man. Everybody Houston-wide, Texas-wide, uh, there's a lot of creators here now. And I notice there's a lot more, you know, board game creators and a lot of card game creators. And I think this, you know, era of internet has made it easier for us to all connect with each other. Where before, uh, like you said, you have, you, you know, you go somewhere like California and, uh, and there's a pop in scene for it. And here, I think there's a lot of creators, but we're so spread out and people just don't know that the same guy in your same apartment complex is another streamer or another comic book creator. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of luck connecting with people over online communities trying to expand with, with these local people trying these things. So, you know, put the word out on the podcast, man. Everybody in Houston, yeah. let's, get, let's get a comic scene going. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, I know it's like in Austin, it's, it's, I think it's a lot more thriving in Austin, which is more of an art-driven city. But I do feel like, you know, Houston's kind of making that art. I really feel savvy. like Houston could be a, a great place for a creative scene to really sprout up. Oh, yeah. yeah, with That's how big of a city it is and how, how big, I mean, it's cliche to say, but how big of a melting pot Houston is. I mean, it's just, there's so many people here. It, it's always it's kind of blown my mind that there's not a bigger scene for, you know, all all the arts, film and video and TV. We do have a great theater arts um, scene. Like the theater district in Houston is actually one of the best in the country, which is which is great. Um but still, there's not, you know, there's not like a lot of TV shows and movies that come to Houston to film. There's not, you just don't see that much, which is which is a shame for how big the city is. But I'm sure there's other reasons beyond that. But yeah, it's just, you would think that some of these things would be a little bit more, um, sounds, I guess, more thriving. Sounds like we need to open fresh out the studios. There we go. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, well, Nico, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you're, you know taking the initiative and doing your thing. I think that one thing that's worth noting, because I'm a comic collector as well. I have collected for years and years, you know, and, and 
some of the things that you described, I can uh, relate with because, you know, it was one of those things where I was in school, you know, back in middle school and would get like a weekly allowance. You know, usually that went towards the comic books I wanted that week. And then in college, I kind of had to stop collecting for a while because I was a college yeah. student. I didn't have the disposable income until I started working side jobs and stuff. And then once I got out of school and started a career and, and once I got to that point where I had some disposable income and could start picking up comics again on a weekly basis, you know, I'd have my subscription box at, at Bedrock City as well. That's where I would go in Houston. And, um, but, you know, as a kid, I was always big into, into the, the mainstream, you know, into Marvel and DC characters. And now the independent scene is, is doing so well. And there's so many great books and characters that are, um, you know, not coming from the huge publishers. And so I think that's really worth noting that some of the best stuff you can get at the comic book stores, definitely not under a Marvel or DC banner. They've got stuff too. I mean, they've got some really good books, but, um, you know, I really think that, that the walking dead was kind of a, a huge boost for just some of the, some of the smaller comic distributors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robert Kirkman, I mean, he's kind of, he's legendary in the sense that, you know, he went from huge image comics fan to like, you know, creator of the walking dead to now like part CEO or something of image. So he's like the, the ultimate like indie creators, uh, you know, journey, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, walking dead. And then, uh, saga is kind of another one of those big image indie books that have kind of just really kind of paved way for, you know, kind of a, these, this, these different style of stories. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like you said, Marvel and DC, they're still putting out, you know, some, some good stuff, but, uh, but yeah, and indie comics are just, are kind of making, making, making a pretty, pretty big impact in the industry. So I'm definitely happy for that. Saga, Paper Girls, uh, you know, Brand we're about to get a Why the Last Man TV show. There's a trailer out for that and that starts soon. Um, yeah. And I think, um. I mean, everything you know. is a big one. I mean, there's some really popular ones. I actually, actually, you know, when Robert Kirkman was, was finishing up the walking dead and his new series was announced called oblivion song that came out. Um, I was like, Oh, I'll pick up that because you know, it's Robert Kirkman and the walking dead was so successful. And I picked up the first several arcs of that um, single issues. And of course now they've announced that that's going to be, I can't remember if it's a movie or a TV show starring Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. And I'm like, well, man, glad I've, well, yeah, I bought those I mean, when they came out because that, hopefully that'll blow up like The Walking Dead did. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Robert Kirkman also did Invincible. Yes. Yeah, Invincible <laughs> was out of control. Invincible was incredible. As, so, a, yeah. as a person who is not a fan of The Walking Dead at all, uh, he has certainly won me over with Invincible, which is more of a you know his take on a classic comic book style uh, with the violence ramped up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a, another book. Pretty sure it's ongoing right now, but it's called Firepower. And it seems... To, I haven't read it. I think I've read the first issue, but it seems like his take on, like, Avatar, The Last Airbender. That's what it looks like to me. Come so on. Yes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that, like, you know, gets an animated show or something, too. Something. We are huge fans of Avatar, Last Airbender. Jahan and I are. And yeah. Um, yeah. recently, they announced their tabletop role-playing game. And nice. it... 
topped Kickstarter as the highest funded tabletop role playing game of all time on Kickstarter. Yes. So well, we got the quick start. We looked at it. We are super excited to play it. We're we're huge marks for that whole world. Yeah. My, myself, I almost I liked Korra even better than Airbender. That is not a popular opinion, but I also <laughs> it, it's, I also greatly enjoyed Korra. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. There's just something about um, I just like the whole world they built, like post Avatar. You know, it was, oh, it was, be, it was yeah. pretty cool. In the tabletop role playing game, it lists the different eras of the the different avatars. And there's like six different eras that it recommends playing in, and one of them is the pre, like you know, pre Aang saga, whenever the Fire Nation is taking over the yeah, rest the of the world. Yeah, hundred year wars. Uh, that's <laughs> one of the like, times. Oh, like, that would I think that would be a fun time to explore. Be interesting. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what what kind of comics are you do right now? Yeah. Um. So right now, like I said um, earlier, the kind of my main project going right now is uh it's a book called feeder it's a horror fantasy book coming out with action lab comics so it'll be like my first officially published book with a with a with a a comic publishing company so that that's pretty exciting Um, congratulations yeah thank you thank you uh yeah it's been fun um it's definitely more of a mature read so there's there's a lot of violence in it there's some cursing you know but uh it's kind of been um a mashup of like things I love, you know, a uh, horror type of stuff, you know, creature design plus like mystery noir type of stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, like I said, it, it, it follows the main character named Shay Martinez who kind of has this creature living inside of her that gets summoned every time someone falls in love with her. So it's kind of, in a sense, I kind of wanted to make something, um, you know, I don't know if you've guys seen like a, a movie like It Follows or something, kind of like those horror movies mm-hmm. with kind of like metaphorical kind of means to it. Um, so that's kind of what I tried to do with this book. And so she's the main character. And then the other character is like the detective who's kind of picking up on these murders that's happening and just kind of how their their story uh, collides. Um, so that's 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 kind of been my main focus right now. So I'm writing that book, I'm coloring it, and doing letters, and also some cover art for it. Um, if you ever need any help picking the brain of uh, some inner workings of detective stuff, you just let me know. I, man, I, so that's that's actually I might I might take you up on that because you know I I, I like to do kind of research and put in some you know little. I read um, Mind Hunter. So is that it was. The Netflix series is called Mindhunter. I'm pretty sure the book is yeah. called Mindhunter as well. One of our we, uh, players in one of our games was featured on that show. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Leighton yeah, Samuels. He's on our Thursday night show, and I think he was in the first two episodes of Mindhunter as one of the uh, trainees in the academy. Uh, he well, doesn't that's... have any words, but he's in it, and I saw him, and we've known him since high school. Like He was a little freshman growing up with us, and so to see him on the big screen... And then, of course, now we're like great friends again. We see him every week, so it's it's awesome. Oh, yes, awesome. I know Mindhunter. Let's just long yeah. story short. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and Mindhunter yeah. is great. It's a it's a great depiction of uh, good, good, good. Yeah, because that's that that was kind of one of the the books that I did for research, and I, I read it through, and I was thoroughly you know into it, and I was like, man, this this seems pretty pretty good. So they're but, so yeah. serious in Mindhunter. In in real life you can't be serious all the time, right? Uh and yeah. a lot of people cope with it through 
through different means. We we could get into that, but it's it's a it's a good read. And Mindhunter could watch. Yeah, I'm thinking also. about it. I'll make sure that we get all information from Nico about you know upcoming books and where to find more information and release dates and all that kind of stuff. And I'll make sure we put it in the show notes uh, for this episode of the podcast too. So if you're if you're cool. looking for that stuff, just look in the notes and I'll I'll have links there for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's um, that's kind of one of my main the main thing that I'm doing. Do you have any favorite like you know mainstream superheroes that's like a childhood favorite that you still have a soft spot for? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know it's changed over time, but you know I I was a huge Batman fan just because of you know Batman the animated series was kind of a a huge cartoon in my development. Um, and, um, but I think, you know, Batman is such a, such a cliche answer now, just because everybody's, <laughs> everybody loves the Batman. Hey, but you like over Batman time, all you want. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but as time went on, my, my favorite character is probably Swamp Thing. Um, nice. I, 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 as from the first time I watched, um, Planet of the Apes, like 1968 version, Charleston Heston, I've kind of steadily develops like a fascination with like those creature type of characters that they have human sentiments but they're just not human so i I feel like swamp thing and especially back when alan moore was writing you know that kind of uh, seminal run on it with him and you know uh, steven Bissett and a whole bunch of other horror artists that that book and that character is kind of rang true with me um just because i love the whole the whole creature aspect of it but I mean, at, at at the end of the day, he's kind of a soft guy, you know, which is, you know, that beauty and the beast type of mentality. But yeah, Swamp Thing. I love Swamp Thing. I mean, to take too much of the focus off of your projects, are, are there, you know, you, we talked about Feeder, but are there any other projects you're working on or things that you're able to, to plug? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so another book that, one of the books that I'm doing kind of just all myself writing art and everything, um, it's kind of a pretty big departure from that feeder book just because I kind of needed another uh, series to kind of get away from the, the dark dreary madness of feeder and, um, and I've been doing this indie book my, my indie book called uh, Prim it's called Prim and the Lunar Turning um, it's basically kind of um, adventure time ish if you if you guys are familiar with that with that, with that cartoon yeah huge fan we actually yeah, had so a long it's... Adventure Time discussion on one of our last podcast episodes, ironically. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 in the same vein as that, where it's kind of just just some trippy stuff that's just like... It's, it's a fun book to make because I'm basically drawing what I want to draw and just kind of the stuff that comes to me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm putting it in, in this kind of like fantastical adventure story so about this. So you drew this. Yes. Alright. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. I have it pulled up uh for the people watching live and it's that's some that's good. That's really good. Thanks, man. That's I Thanks, love man. That yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's more of a a cartoony animated type of that but that's that's my that's more of my style of drawing. Um I'm a huge fan of um I don't know if you guys might be familiar with the character uh Us- Usagi Yojimbo. He's basically a samurai rabbit, but he was featured in like 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's like his big claim to fame. But it's I remember a, the action figure. Yeah. So, but it's it's also it's a it's been a comic series by a creator named Stan Sakai, and it's been a, a, a legendary book. But I'm a huge fan of that. He's kind of got this more cartoonish um, storytelling about him. So I'm, I'm was big influenced by that. But but yeah. But Prim and the Lunar Turning. It's you know basically it's, it's a it's a it's a trippy ride adventure story about this this guy who uh, is going to get transformed into this dimension's new moon. So, yeah, huh. it's it's weird, <laughs> but it's fun, and and that's and and that's going to be a three part story. So, the first story is up to read for free um, right now on on my uh, Gumroad link, um, and that can be found in my my Instagram. That th- I'll I'll give you guys the info on that too. Yeah, nicocreative.gumroad.com uh, for those of you yeah. listening. Yeah, so that's that's another one. Um, I have a, a sci-fi fantasy book that I've been working on for a while. It's called Free Will. Um, it's more in the vein of like Mad Max meets Doctor Strange. So it's post-apocalyptic with kind of crazy creatures. Like, like I said, I, I love making creatures, so you'll find creatures in all of my stories and magic and stuff like that, so... So those are kind of my main stuff, but um, yeah, I'm always just I'm just like always coming up with random stuff. So I always try to get it down on paper. And uh, and you know we talk on this show a lot about movies, TV, you know, games, things we're playing. What I'm just kind of curious, what are your other interests other than comics? I'm sure I'm sure that with with comics being that big of a part of your life it's probably a huge huge time suck but i want to know you know what what else are you into yeah um i do i do have a a ps4 so i do game some um the the game that i've been playing for a while now that i really need to finish because it's amazing is a ghost of tsushima Mm -hmm. um so i've i love that game and it's it's beautiful i mean the, the art direction on that game is is nuts um, but I it's just... have wanted to play Ghost of Tsushima for so long. There's actually a note in my phone from the E3 where it was announced. <laughs> and, nice. and when it was announced and I watched the trailer, I put a note in my phone and was like, I'm going to buy that game. <laughs> it's, and that note is still there, and I will still buy wow. that game. Yeah, Platinum it's... Platinum to Ghost of Tsushima, just saying. Got that, you got finished that Platinum it, trophy. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Drew! Yeah, Drew wow. finishes the shit out of games. <laughs> yeah, he I'm doesn't. A, just I'm a it. completionist to a fault. Like, mm-hmm. like a game like that, if I if I can achieve it, I'll, I'll go for it. But I, I did platinum it. That was that. I guess that was last summer, which is crazy. But I had played um, the Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima came out like back to back, and I drilled through both of those and platinum them both over the span of like a month and a half or so without playing anything else have you, Ghost have of you played uh, really good yeah it's, it's amazing have you played a uh, death death stranding i have not so I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your opinion because i i so i, I played that one full and i i loved it but i know of it of course it. you know so. i know the general a lot of general thoughts about it or, or kind of how um mixed reception it got like there are people that Very love much. that game and then there are the ones that are that you know will just say that it's boring and that they moved on so it's... i'm i'm very interested in it to play it sometime but i just 
I actually own it. I have it on PS4 disc. I just, yeah. it was one of those where I got it on like a Black Friday or something. Like it was on sale. I got it cheap and I have it. And I've just been sitting on it waiting for the right time to play it. And it just hasn't hit me yet. Yeah. I'm really yeah, bad about a... that, buying games and just holding on to them <laughs> before I actually it's, play it, them. It's funny you mentioned this, Randy. Uh, we were actually looking at it the other night because it's on sale right now on Steam for anyone watching. It's on, uh, it's on sale right now. It's, much cheaper uh and it's funny one of the tags like one of its like uh you know like co-op multiple one of those tags it's a walking simulator which i thought was really funny uh yeah <laughs> it's it's much more than that though it's yeah like like for me like it simulates going out on like a woods adventure to me because you have to, you know, you have to get prepared you have to you know get ready to go it's not just walking because you you come up to like so many crazy things it's like i said like if you like want to feel like you're going out on this weird indie sci-fi like foot adventure like that's 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 what it simulates to me i was i was addicted to it <laughs> there are episode oh go ahead of, gary sorry i was just gonna say there's there's lots of things that video games can be and it's why i love the medium so much is uh there's this game called telling lies and I haven't played it yet, but I've wanted to play it. And it's just like a bunch of clips of interviews and people are telling you different things and you have to rewind them and watch them over and figure out who's lying. And it's like a whodunit type of investigative game. And so with games like Telling Lies and then games like Death Stranded, where it's a, a walking simulator slash future uh, barren <laughs> preparation a game video games can be anything that's that's kind of my point is if people say i don't like video games now in this age in this era that's almost an alien thing to say because video games can be anything now there's it's such a broad broad spectrum and i think it's awesome <laughs> yeah that's stranded is a great example of what video games can be uh the creator of uh metal gear made that game uh couldn't be further from that and it's starring norman reedus uh from the walking dead and it's just this crazy thing that happened uh and yeah to to talk to your point about people complaining uh the game creators were like this is the game we wanted to make exactly like if you don't like it you don't like it <laughs> like this is they didn't apologize they they said this is what we wanted and i i respect the shit out of that yeah actually gonna it's, be talking about gamescom announcements and things on a future episode but i do know i think it'd been announced before that but they're doing a death stranding um like director's cut i think they're they're basically re-releasing the game with some extra features and because i've held out on playing the game even though i have the original version i'm like maybe i just need to get that one because it seems like some of the things they're doing to it make it um a little bit more accessible from the start so i don't know we'll see but yeah. Um, that's when we got into a, a Death Stranding worm wormhole a little <laughs> bit there. Um, Nico, is there anything else that you want to add before we get on to our um, fresh out the podcast takes for this week? Uh, not not really, man. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's I've kind of found my my thing to 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 be passionate about, you know. And you know, whenever I get home from work. You know, it's usually around five five thirty p.m. and I'm and I'm trying to already get on the drawing board and kind of push through. Uh, stuff stuff takes so much time, but 
you know, in in my opinion, it's worth it because it's it really is like the best of. Honestly, like it's it's my favorite medium because I feel like it 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 gives you a balance of like the literature side of things as well as like visualization. So like I've, I've said it on a podcast before, but you know you can have you know these incredible like uh, cinematography going in, in these shots that you're drawing, but you can also you know put like intriguing dialogue over it or like intriguing captions that like you know are very descriptive that have a poem inside it it's just it brings the the best of both like actual reading like novels in addition to like artwork you know and i i really feel like it it melds those two things so so well and i and you know i, I think that's kind of what what has like got me basically addicted to to, to making them and um and whatnot um and also, I did want to mention that I will be at a convention uh, called Eastern Rim Con um, next this this coming Saturday. So Saturday, the 11th and 12th. Um, it is in Baytown, Texas. And the cool thing is, is that it's free for guests. So if you're not doing anything, come on out because it's free. You don't have to pay a thing to get inside. So and I'll be there with all the books that I spoke about today and just there to meet some new people. So. Uh, you also, well, anytime, oh. anytime you want to come on the show and plug, plug one of your books or anything you got going on, you are always welcome. Cool, man. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely take you up on that. Yeah, if you're listening from uh, Houston, go bug Nico at the convention and tell him fresh out the box, don't you? Yeah. In, yeah, in fact, if you're one of those comic creators we were talking about earlier, bug Nico, and he's going to be kind of the, we're going to just go to him. He'll be sort of the kingpin of the new Houston comic book scene. He'll get it all sorted out. He'll get everybody on track and get it figured out for you. Oh. It's, a, it's a big responsibility, but he's willing to take that on. Got it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I have already actually uh, copied and sent off your... Uh, your Gumroad account uh, to my wife because I was looking at the cover art and was like, "Bro, that's dope! That it's straight up. I think it's her style. I think she'll love it. It's it's and, it's really good. I like it a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. It's it's fun making that book. Awesome. Well, um, we are gonna move on to some of our certified fresh out the podcast takes which nico just for your information this is just you know the the forum for us to talk about the stuff that we have been um, enjoying recently whether that's movies games books uh tv whatever it may be and i will kick us off actually um i had talked i think on last week's episode i had bought this uh, indiana jones 4k collection and i think at that time i had watched um raiders of the lost ark and temple of doom and i finished the four indiana jones movies i watched all of them on crisp beautiful beautiful 4k uhd disc and i have two takeaways i'm not obviously these are it's indiana jones you know if you're listening to the show more than likely you've seen the indiana jones movies there's not much i'm going to be able to tell you that you don't already know about these but i will say the biggest takeaways i have are that my ranking for them go in order of release so like i think raiders is the best then temple of doom then last crusade then crystal skull i think that's the order of best to worst but 
Crystal Skull a lot better than it was in my mind from when I saw it in theaters over a decade ago. That movie, when watched with the other ones, fits in just fine. It gets kind of a bad rep and there's a lot of Shia hate in it um, and it's not his fault. I think that that movie is actually pretty solid and has some pretty good action set pieces. I think that the main error in that movie is that the last uh, act kind of has like an Aztec aesthetic, even though it's dealing with an alien storyline. And I get it, right? Like the first few movies are set in the 30s and this one's set in the 50s when there's kind of more of like a, like the space race was more of a thing. Or, you know, there was, I guess, more of a a culture fascination with aliens and such like it makes sense. But if you're going to go aliens, they should have just gone all the way they should have got you know really dove into aliens with the aesthetic and everything i think that's i think that's the biggest um nitpick with the movie but um crystal skull better than its reputation would be my my hot take from it i haven't seen it i'm not planning on seeing it ever i mean like it doesn't look or sound good in any way (laughs) Do you like the other Indiana Jones movies? They're fine. It's not my thing, really. I've watched, uh, I watched the original three. There, you know, it's uh, nah, uh, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, wildly they... offensive. Sorry, that was what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> they get better in the order in which they come out. But that doesn't change the fact that Temple of Doom is my favorite. Or worse. Worse, you mean. In the yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. They get worse as they come out. That's exactly right. Yeah, starts no, at the best. To me, Raiders and Temple of Doom are, like, right there with each other. Temple of Doom is good. It's weird. It's really weird. Hmm. It's, it's probably the weirdest of the Indiana Jones movies, but it, it rules. See, I feel like that writing room has a lot of, like, yeah, why not? When they're talking about stuff. Like, yeah, sure. It can happen. Some writing writing rooms, you can tell if they're high or you can tell if they're coked up. And I think that writing room, they might have all just been smoking opium. Like, they they made some choices. I think they were drunk on apathy. (laughs) (laughs) The the whole thing, and this is, like, a pretty well-known story, but, like, when Spielberg and George Lucas and whoever else were sitting down to do Indiana Jones, the whole premise was we want a movie. That's all the good parts, right? Like there's not going to be any, any lag. It's going to be every 10 minutes, something happens. This movie's going to move. And they really do. I think for the most part, um, they're a little aged, but they're still good. So, I don't want to talk about fast and furious during every podcast, but if you want to talk about movies that are just action with no plot, look no further than my franchise i mean that's a lot of movies now right like movies have to move these days because right now everybody's attention span is microscopic these days with our phones and all the content that we have available at our at our fingertips but for for back then in the early 80s the indiana jones movies were were unprecedented unprecedented with the with the isn't there a uh, isn't there a uh number five coming out soon that's 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 what i keep hearing they're either filming or they've already wrapped filming yeah Um, here they just got done fishing out of george lucas's toilet 
Boo that joke. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I actually don't think he's involved with the new one at all. But I might be wrong. I don't don't think so either. I think James Mangold is the director. He's the guy that did... I know he did Logan and Ford v. Ferrari, so those were pretty decent movies. Oh, jeez, Logan. Yeah. Dropping that hot hot drop. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, Indy will uh, just crack some heads off with, with his whip in this one. You know what, Drew? Fine. I'll watch Crystal Skull. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Why not? Right? What, what can it hurt? Well, so, I don't know. Maybe cool. I'll like the fifth one. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I don't want to talk to... to I could actually go down even more wormholes about Indiana Jones, but I'll move on just because it's not, it's not the most revolutionary topic. <laughs> but I will say that that led me to watch... I have never seen... Or, excuse me, had never seen... The National Treasure movies, which I know kind of have a cult following. There are people that really like those movies. I had just never seen them after watching the Indiana Jones movies. Um, a friend of mine uh, was like, you haven't watched this? And so we sat down and, and watched the first uh, National Treasure movie while I was in Oklahoma a week ago. And uh, National Treasure with Nick Cage. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's fun. Did you, you saw just the first one or both? I just saw the first one. We started yeah. the second one. I actually haven't gone back to finish it yet national yeah. treasures just... is better than indiana jones <laughs> Ooh, hot take take it, I, I i used to love that movie uh, for, for some reason just like the idea of like heisting the declaration of independence i mean it's or was it the constitution i can't remember it, it's uh, the it's the declaration, it declaration of yeah it was a uh, it was pretty cool i mean yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen it in so long, but... I watched it periodically. Around. Yeah, I mostly said it's better than any of Jones to make Drew mad, but, you know. <laughs> oh, no, you're not... I mean, I don't have that much of a, a attachment to Indiana Jones, don't worry. You can, okay, you cool. Can log on I do, I do... There's probably people that will listen to this that will get much more mad at you than I will, so... I feel like I'll National Treasures, at, at the very least, is more watchable. Like, I don't know, it just, like, it's, I don't feel like it's as long, it's not as heavy, like, it's more fun, uh, I don't know. Indies, Indiana Jones is pretty fun, I think. They're, I mean, they're fun, he's, he's just, to watch a buckling just, adventure don't story. <laughs> just don't listen to him. Indiana Jones or Pirates of the Caribbean? We're, what's better? Oh, 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 oh man, you said the magic oh, words, bro. Oh, Oh, boy, if I had to tell you which one was more entertaining from scene to scene, it's without a fucking doubt Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Even the Dude, fifth the Pirates of the Caribbean is good, and it's terrible. Is that the one with uh, Javier Bardem? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah, he's an awesome bad guy. That movie uh, ended with him parting the seas and fighting like Moses. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) they've totally, they know what they are. They know what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, they're dope as fuck. One through three are fire, bro. Dude, the... I can't remember the subtitles for any... I'm trying to think right now. There's Pirates of the Caribbean, and then there's Pirates of the the Caribbean. Yeah, Curse of the Black Pearl is the first one. Dead Man's Chest, and then... Dead Man's Chest. At World's End is the third one. And then I cannot, for the life of me, remember the fourth one's the Blackbeard one. I think it's either the New World or the Fountain of Youth or on on Stranger Times. On Stranger Times, 
And the fifth one is Dead Dead Men Don't Dead Die. Dead Men Tell No Tales. Dead Men Tell No Tales. That is, it's yeah, something like sounds that. Right. Anyway, hey. not that we we get we go down a lot of wormholes on this show. Man, before we get copyright claimed for Jahan singing that song, I'll I'll pass it on to somebody else. I think you can do ten seconds. I think you got ten. You were talking about National Treasure, Drew. I was going to ask you if you've seen any other good Nicolas Cage flicks recently. I was going to wait to get into it because I knew this would come up. But yes, I watched National Treasure. It led me, um, you know, I was feeling feeling Nick Cage, my boy, after watching that. Um, oh, I love Nick Cage. One of, one of the great actors who is currently just doing his own thing. Every you know, time Cage is on the screen, I wish that he was gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that he just kind of has fun doing whatever projects he feels like doing. That being said, there is a movie that just came out in in limited theatrical release that you can now you can actually um, rent it or buy it on you know iTunes so on. Um, but I actually had heard good things about this Nicolas Cage movie for once, and it's called Pig. Nico, have you heard of Pig? Yes, I've heard a bit of Pig. I haven't seen it, unfortunately, and I wish I had, because I'd love to, to get into into some juicy details about it. Well, I'll say first, I watched Pig. Mm. I liked Pig. Mm. I told Gary that I watched Pig, mm. and then Gary watched Pig, and Gary's reaction was not <laughs> the same as mine. And I, even since Jahan has now watched Pig yes, as well, I think because he wanted to weigh in after hearing mine and gary's opposite takes mm-hmm. so uh yeah well let's let's talk pig for a uh, minute here nico we there might be some pig spoilers here i don't know i don't know if i want to ruin the movie of the year for you yeah the movie of the year it's okay go for it i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here well <laughs> oh, for anybody who doesn't know the general premise of pig is that uh nicholas cage plays a man who who lives kind of out out in the woods um on his own and he, I believe, outside of Portland, Oregon. Yes, outside of Portland, correctly. And lives in the woods, and he uh, lives alone with a pig that that he uh, is a truffle pig. The pig is is trained to search out truffles, and he um, sells truffles, and that's how he makes his living out in the woods. And he lives by himself and doesn't want to be bothered, and that's it. And then one day, his pig gets stolen, which then that leads you know kind of a sequence of events and finding out more about him and his character and as he tries to get his his stolen truffle pig back and i think it's really good i think it's really good it is uh shot really well i don't have the director i had never heard of before and i don't have his name up in front of me but i'm pulling michael sarnoski yes the particular scene where they're at the dinner that they have uh, towards the end, the dinner that he has prepared, the camera work in that scene is like so fucking bad. I was screaming <laughs> out loud at my TV about how fucking bad the camera work was. I the whole movie I they noticed. were using these great steady shots and even uncomfortable long shots because that's how the movie is. Whatever, that's fine. But in that particular scene. The camera was just moving all over the fucking place just during that scene, like some kind of found footage bullshit, but during a dinner party for no fucking reason. Uh, 
No, I don't think that movie was shot. I would have to go back and watch that scene. I I don't remember. I would also have to go back and watch that that scene. I remember that scene almost making me cry like a baby. Uh, That was, it it got so emotional so abruptly. And like, it was, it was surprisingly powerful. It took an, the movie took an interesting look at the culinary scene in Portland. (laughs) It did. Oh my God. As much about that. This movie was so, so like when you know it takes place outside of Portland, anyone who's, uh, anyone knows that this movie is going to like the smell of its own farts because Portland is so far <laughs> up its own fucking ass. So I, you, you just know when you're getting into an artsy piece in Portland, you're going to get something like this. And I'm then sorry to anybody who's listening to this that may be from Portland, he doesn't mean it. I do. I mean it, but Drew is sorry, and he means it too. So stick around. I would say um, he doesn't speak for the brand or the channel, but he absolutely does. I speak for half of the brand. And so part of Fresh Out the Box is "fuck you, Portland." Yeah, that's right, and I'm not taking it back anytime soon. I wouldn't um, have it any other way, man. So, so they enjoy the movie. Enjoys the smell of its own farts. Let's put it that way. And like, yeah, they treat the Culinary Institute in portland like it's some sort of dangerous mafioso and like dealing truffles is a criminal underground job and this whole whole time you're like how deep is he like how far does this conspiracy go but it doesn't it doesn't fucking go and (laughs) and he a spoiler alert he doesn't fucking even get the pig back it doesn't go right there is no criminal underground really it's just a fucking guy and then he doesn't get his fucking pig back and then he goes home and it's a slow weirdly shot sad boring movie about nothing and nobody wins <laughs> it's it's not a thing and it's not it's not a thing say he wins i think that there's some emotional moving I, on that he i has think to go yeah through. i think that <sighs> the pig is more of a um is kind of more of a, a metaphor in his own life for what it represents. I, that's that's what I took away from it. So I, like, I I will not be surprised if in the sequel he kills himself in the first fifteen seconds and then the credits roll because that's a sad lonely man who lives in the woods with no pig. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's funny. Uh, so we heard, so yeah we heard from Drew we heard from Gary uh, I. So I loved the movie. I thought it was really good. Uh, I don't typically like the like the like Academy, like dramatic, like the super. They're going for awards kind of stuff. Uh, this is really that, but I mean, it, it could be. It's it's good enough too. But I, it's I think good this one's to. gonna get. I think it's gonna get overlooked when it comes. You think to so? See, I feel like this one. See, it's not too artsy. I don't think it's really that artsy. I think it's just just artsy enough. Uh, I don't think it likes the smell of it so far. I think it really touches on some really interesting stuff. Uh, my, in a, if I had to put it in a nutshell and like one sentence, I would say this is John Wick, but instead he's an emotional assassin uh, because that's kind of what he does. Uh, and he goes, he's this man. Uh, you find out later that he's this highly respected person in the Portland scene. Uh, which, you know, fine, whatever. But he goes through, uh, he has this, this, uh, boy with him, his truffle dealer, uh, who's at the, at the end of the movie, you find out, you know, his father's involved in the stealing of this pig. Um, and they go on quite the emotional journey. 
And I just, I think every word out of Nicolas Cage's character's mouth is, like, profound. I, I really do think that it's very well written. Uh, he is very nihilistic. He's very depressed. Uh, <laughs> which I, I, I vibe with, man. I really do. Uh, but then it also, like, they, they explore weird things, like uh, sense memory. Uh, he makes this man who refuses to give back his pig a meal. Uh, he, he says he remembers every meal he's ever made. He recreates uh, his the, this man's like dead wife's favorite meal that he ever that she ever had. Uh, and when he eats it, he sobs uh, and he breaks down. And it's this real like I don't know. Uh, there's this power in it, and uh, you know there is power in memory uh, and taste and smell can unlock very potent memories uh scientifically like it's that's true and it's just this very interesting right i liked every minute of the movie i wasn't bored uh i don't feel like it's that long and it's, I think I don't it's know. less than an hour and a half i think it's like an like an hour oh no it says 92 minutes is the running time i yeah, i they really got funny. to me it's like yeah I teared up a couple times, and, like, I liked it. I felt good after the movie. I felt like I had watched a journey. Uh, it ran an hour and a half, and it felt like it ran 30 minutes over. The entire third act was a huge fucking boring letdown, and I think all that this movie ever wanted from the time the writer wrote it until, like, 45 seconds ago, the only thing that they ever wanted was somebody to say that it's like John Wick except blah 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 because <laughs> it is so uh, fucking obviously like John Wick with a pig except blah 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 that that's just the writer obviously woke up and was like I got this great idea I'm gonna do my own take on John Wick except truffles and farts in Portland and that's exactly what that piece of shit is uh, also Nick Cage would be an absolute fucking has been one hit wonder nobody except that he comes from a famous family and i, oh. I think nick cage is fine but not exceptional in any way whatsoever i like Gary, him i think he's very intriguing was i'm sorry Nico, what was that uh, have, have you have you seen a movie called mandy let nick me let me throw let me bing it real quick because i do indeed well, love mandy let me Bing Google and then I'll Google it. Uh, I'll look at the cover and see. Mandy Twenty Eighteen. It's a recent movie. Mm. Yeah, it does have the artsy stuff about it, but there is, I think, uh, Jahan, he, he, you you saw it before, right? I did. It's a psychotropic uh, '80s cult. Yes. Demon. Uh, I'd like to hear your your opinion on that Nick Cage movie. Man, Mandy, Mandy's good. Mandy's fun. Uh, well, it's not fun. It's oh. horrific. It's hard to gaze upon. It's pretty gory. Uh, and I don't know. They, there, because like back back in during the time period that it takes place, there were a lot of cults. Uh, that was a big thing. People loved starting them. Uh, and it just it very it dehumanizes the people that start them. Uh, which good. Those people are bad. Uh, and he really he he goes on a vengeance spree uh but I, it's different somehow like it's just i don't know like yeah, yeah it's, it's super trip it's trippy horror he like, like becomes what he hunts and yeah no i love nick cage uh nick cage is great gary you're he's crazy a running actor that's you know worth noting i think that he um 
is actually very talented, but I think he also just likes to do his own thing. And sometimes he is, I think right now we associate him with a lot of the kind of B-movie schlock that he'll put out um, because that's what he's doing a lot recently. (laughs) Like mom and dad. I think that Pig is a very good reminder that he is actually a very fine actor when when he's hitting it the level's just right because he can go very big and he can go subtle and and it's just kind of if he adjusts that to just the right yeah. amount but um no i would recommend pig um i think jahan would recommend pig. i also recommend Gary pig obviously doesn't recommend pig <laughs> i know that we got into some spoilers but if you want to check it out i'd recommend it and you can rent it for like Seven bucks on iTunes if you want We to really didn't stuff. spoil anything important. It's still an amazing journey, an amazingly emotional journey. Uh, and yeah, so since I knew we were going to be talking about this, I actually paid attention to things that I normally wouldn't because uh, I just kind of like to look at the movie and just take it in. Uh, but I was being more analytical, and like you're right, a lot of his acting in this is very subtle. Uh, like his face work, uh, his body language. Because he, he doesn't talk that much in the movie every time he does it's very Hardly profound and but his acting is mostly body work and it's very very good uh I, you know fresh out the box um let's see i'll mention while we're on the topic of movies for me i'll just say that i watched um candy man the i actually saw watched both i watched the 1992 because when the original Candyman movie came out, I watched that, and I watched the new one that is currently in theaters, directed by Nia DaCosta, um, and it's good. It's um, I think I wanted to like it more than I did. Um, it's very much in the same vein as like. Uh, Halloween, you know, they had the original Halloween and then they made the 2018. The 2018 movie was released and it kind of ignored all the past Halloween sequels and it was, you know, disregarded those and it was a sequel to the directly to the original and kind of a, a sequel slash... Eh, I don't think it, you can even call it a reboot because it really is a sequel. But um, I thought that was really, really, really good, well done. And I, wa- I think I wanted this new Candyman to be more like that and it just wasn't quite there for me. But uh, but I did enjoy it. I think that it, uh, ha- it touches on some really interesting social issues which is really what's at the heart of the Candyman movies from a horror perspective anyway so that's all i'll say about that i'll um it does look a lot really good pig so pig took up a lot of our time so that's just that's how it's gonna have to be we'll, we'll talk about some other things because i want y'all to be able to talk about um your own takes real quick absolutely uh just real quick since this is just a real quick little snip uh i finished brand new cherry flavor uh, I loved Brand New Cherry Flavor. Uh, I watched I watched it with Jenny. She was ambivalent. She was meh. You know, she didn't really like it that much. Uh, I I thought it was great. It's a trippy, uh, drug-fueled, you know, nightmare thing. It, it's got a lot of body horror, so if you're not into that, I would advise against it. It has a lot of body horror. Uh, but it is very good. And that's that's all I wanted to say about that. On Netflix now. Well, anything else you've been watching you want to talk about, or we want to pass? It I to think Gary? I think you watched Psycho Gore, man. I did. I watched. <laughs> I I purchased 
Psycho Gorman, to be clear, and I forced Gary to watch it recently, and then uh, and you watched it here too. And uh, Psycho Gorman is a really cheesy B movie style sci-fi. Are we really going to talk about Psycho Goreman for three podcasts in a row, too, Jahan? Did you really make us do this? What are you talking about? We've only mentioned it. This is the first time I'd seen it. It rules. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I love the cuts when he starts talking about, like, his past. It gets so epic. Uh, And it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. I love this movie. It's like uh, Violent Power Rangers. It does have major Power Rangers energy at times. It is like Violet Power Rangers. Very much so. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It has like some like eldritch horror qualities, uh, but it's mostly cheesy gore. Like Jason uh, Voorhees mixed with Power Rangers. (laughs) Yeah, so he... Yeah, it's... The things he does to people are hilarious. And he likes hunky boys. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the hunky boys. My hunky boys! No! <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Gary hated it. Oh, I thought it was great. Me, uh, I watched it with my brother, my younger brother, and we were dying. We were laughing so hard. It is very... It, I mean, I, it's supposed to be funny. It's camp. It is the definition of camp. Uh, say this it, before we before we talk about it too long. Yeah. It's one of the ultra camp that I thought that even Gary would would laugh at the so bad that it's good of this movie and it didn't happen. I think that Psycho Gorman is going to be a cult classic. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, if you have a chance, if you have a Shutter account, uh, watch Psycho Gorman. It is worth. If you have a Shutter account, you'll probably enjoy this movie. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. If you already invest in Shudder, this then you're gonna find something to like. On Shudder, it has five scream skulls or whatever their rating system is out of five. So, I knew that it was gonna be coming to Shudder, and at the time that I wanted to watch it, it wasn't on Shudder yet, and I couldn't wait, and I purchased it. And I have a Shudder account, so <laughs> go figure. Seen it for Jahan, you said you watched a whole season of Brand New Cherry Flavor, right? Yes. I watched an entire season of Wu-Tang Saga. And that one, of course, is on Hulu. So you watched one on Netflix, I watched one on Hulu. We gotta spread the streaming love, as always. Um, it is, if you if you like Straight Outta Compton, if you like biopics or music, uh, you know, it, it's a biopic. And it's all about Wu-Tang before they are Wu-Tang, before they even have their Wu-Tang names, uh, when they're all just on the street on Staten Island in the early 90s and late 80s. Which I don't know if you guys know a lot about New York, the way it was in the late 80s and early 90s, but it was a rough, rough place, and Staten Island was one of the roughest boroughs. Uh, So the show is very, uh, very violent, very street, very gangster. And then of course they are inspired by music and music kind of stops the wars even that are going on in the, in the streets of Staten Island. So I, I like biopics. It's both to me. I like rap and I like music stuff. So I would say check out Wu-Tang Saga and Wu-Tang Saga season two comes out September 8th on Hulu. And I didn't even know we were going to get a season two. So now I'm excited. Um, Absolutely, I would enjoy watching that. 
yeah, I, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. If you like crime shows and music biopics. Um, and then Ted Lasso. Drew, have you been keeping up with Ted Lasso? I, I have watched, I am up to date on Ted Lasso. I have watched the newest episode that at the time of this recording just came out yesterday. And I have that also... show is still great. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, do we want to, we, are we talking spoilers on that show yet? No, I'd say since it's still in progress, let's not. But I will say that the. Not that what I think the show is head. What if I ask you a question and we actually don't know the answer to it yet? Can we do that? Can we yeah, do a, sure. a, a, a. Do you think that Rebecca is going to wind up dating uh, the, the soccer player? I forget his name. No. no Oba, I don't think Oba so. Yeah. Why, why or why not? I don't know. I just can't see it happening. I have to see how that's that storyline gets addressed. I just don't see it happening. It seems like they're when they inevitably find out who they're speaking to, there's going to be some sort of fallout from that. But I can't I can't see that becoming a relationship. I agree. Like I don't think it's going to be an on screen relationship, long term relationship. I, I think I, I agree. I think she'll either tell him she can't because she's the boss and he's a player and it's in the best interest of the club or, you know, he'll say that he can't because he has too much respect for her or something like that position of power. But I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I do like the storyline. I'm invested. Nico, do you watch Ted Lasso? Uh, so this is season two going on right now, right? Correct. So I did, I watched all of season one. I haven't started season two yet, but so it's... Rebecca is like, is the, is the top dog. She's like the, the, uh, Manager, the t- yes, the team owner, I believe. The owner, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first season was great, um, enjoyable watch for sure. I, I haven't got on. I just, I just haven't got on season two yet, just because the the amount of other things that are on. Um, but yeah, I think we are now nine it. episodes into season two, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's actually only been seven. Seven. I think there's only been seven. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, but I. I know that there's 12 total this season, so we've got a bit more to go. But I, it's just, you know, like any good comedy or kind of, like, I don't want to call it classified as a sitcom. Like, I, I don't know why. I just feel like it's elevated above a sitcom. But just, you know, for like a half hour comedy, it does what a lot of the, the greats do, right? Like, it introduces a great premise and characters in the first season, and the second season's just really diving into all of those characters, and I just really enjoy it. And I feel like the, they've been moving the plot along great, but even on the episodes where maybe it doesn't, they're still delightful to watch. There's even the Christmas episode from earlier this season that really didn't drive the plot forward, I thought was just extremely charming. The Christmas um, episode sticks out in my head as maybe the worst episode of Ted Lasso and was also, like you said, pretty good. I give maybe like an eight out of 10. It was, it was pretty good. It was just the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a yeah. show called, uh, pen 15 on Hulu, which is kind of in the same vein as like that sitcom, but kind of elevated, which I enjoyed a whole bunch. I think that was two seasons so far. I've heard <clears> great things seen, about pen 15, but I have not watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Pen fifteen it. is yeah. Pen fifteen is funny. I yeah. liked. I, I saw the first episode of Pen fifteen, and I think it is. I know it's what's written, produced, something by the Lonely Island guys. I think Yorma and Akiva are are writing and producing on it. 
and so it is uh it's it's specifically targeted at us right because these girls were in junior high in like 2002 2003 and so it's you know you're watching the girls point of view from junior high and i don't know about you guys but i was uh I, I didn't I didn't get along well with girls at that age. I sucked at talking to girls at that age. And so it's funny to see how nervous and anxiety ridden and how hard it is to be a junior high girl from their perspective too. Uh, yeah. I like the show, man. It, it's it, it tugs at my heartstrings. It's fun. Yeah, it's to- totally for our age demographic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anything else you've been watching, Gary, that you want to mention? Gary? Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I have... I have... I have nothing I was watching, right? I think the rest of what I got is video game stuff. Um, Humankind came out. Jahan and I had been playing Humankind. Uh, PC game, free on Game Pass. And it seems like the more I play it, the more I don't like it. The more I just want to go back <laughs> to playing Civilization. Um People always post public lobbies. They kick you out constantly. No one knows how to set a private game. It's ridiculous to the point if you're playing by yourself, it'll take you like 25 minutes to even join a game. Uh, So the community is shitty, first of all. And secondly, uh, there are like literally people's names that, that servers know as to not let this guy play in your game because so many people quit so often and so fast because their start locations aren't good enough. And so the the community is rife with problems. The game uh, pretty much has disconnections every time, and they haven't added any DLC or anything yet, so it's just going to get worse over time. Uh, they have really come out kind of uh, bust. If I would say boom or bust, they're a bust for me. Uh, it's they're not, not sort of- yeah, it's not everything I wanted. It wasn't a smooth rollout. They did patch it, and the drops aren't as bad, and you can now play on your Prime account instead of having to make a weird Outlook account, but... You know, there's a lot of problems with it. It is fun. It's interesting. It's different than Civ, just enough. Uh, but it might be too different from Civ. <laughs> if that yeah, I do like Civ. Is is humankind like a sci-fi version of Civ or something? No, no, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's if if you like Civilization, it is. Don't don't buy it, right? Don't go spend the thirty dollars on it yet. Keep an eye on it. Wait till they add some DLC and see what they do. It's definitely got some cool foundations. Uh, it is a Civ clone, except instead of settling hexes, you settle like big regions that have chunks and borders mm-hmm. pre-established. Uh, and the yeah. game is a lot more about controlling your political influence and taking over neighboring countries than it is about. Uh, I, there is still direct war, but there's a lot more option to assimilate cultures in, in that game. So it's uh, it's got some some neat ideas. It just isn't there. Uh, that's the last of my uh, my fresh takes. Or or you know I, I guess not that one wasn't as fresh. Uh, I did want to do a shout out to a friend of the show Tony Vicinda, who has a project on GameFound right now. Uh, GameFound is a uh, another backer kind of thing like Kickstarter. Uh, it's called Down We Go. It's currently on GameFound. I believe it's already fully funded, so if you back it, you will get your copy. Uh, and it's a it's a little TTRPG design. Uh, so I just always want to... Tony Vicinda, friend of the show, plus one EXP. Check out their stuff. Uh, Down We Go on GameFound now. 
Drew, do you have any closing remarks? Anything else? I was just going to say from a movie's perspective, um, there's some film festivals actually currently going on right now. Venice Film Festival, Tell You Ride, so on, which, um, you know, just currently the uh, fresh out in the box budget isn't there yet to uh, to send one of us to, <laughs> to Venice or to Tell You Ride and get get credentials we're uh we're just we're not there yet but maybe one day but there are a lot of uh reviews that are starting to roll out for some of the big um awards movies and such this year which you know in the future especially as we move into the fall and a lot of these big award movies start coming out i'll start talking more about it because i get really into the awards season uh an unhealthy amount even though it's all stupid <laughs> and doesn't matter at all um it doesn't you know there's so many good movies that don't get recognized at these shows but i just it's a hobby to follow it but um you know for example there's there's takes coming out about dune um you know and they're they're mixed i mean it's kind of the things you would expect there's a lot of of it's a masterpiece that it's amazing yeah. but you're getting the the standard complaints of yeah but it's a part one so it kind of leaves some threads hanging and maybe doesn't have the most satisfying conclusion because it's a part one of two we, um, we actually just covered the Dune tabletop role-playing game by Modifius Publishing last night. Uh, they were nice enough to give us a copy, uh, a pre-release PDF copy, and it's awesome. It's great. We were but, super impressed. But we actually, Jahan and I had that same conversation that Dune, as a novel, a lot of what's written is loose ends. And, and so for the movie to have loose ends, you know, read the book. The book has loose ends. Yeah, it's yeah. the context for sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, which Dune comes out in like a little over a month, so um, well, there'll be plenty of talking about that in the future. Oh, Some yeah. Other movies that there's um, reviews starting to roll out for things like um, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, um, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Uh, Let's see, Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog. These are like some of these movies you're going to start hearing about. Like if you haven't heard of them now, as it gets closer to award season, um, you will start hearing about them. A movie called uh, The Card Counter, with uh, it's by Paul Schrader with Oscar Isaac. And then one of the ones I'm most intrigued about, which is uh, Pablo Lorraine's Spencer, which stars Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Um, that looks really intriguing to me. Um, there's a trailer out for it now and the reviews have been very positive we're probably going to see Kristen Stewart get um, some awards claimed this year so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes it's the same director that did the movie uh, Jackie where um, Natalie Portman played uh, uh, Jackie Kennedy so that's uh, for those of you listening when Drew mentioned Kristen Stewart Gary shook his head so hard, no, 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 I thought no, his no. headphones were going to fly no, off. No, she's an awful cast for Princess Diana. I do not like her, Sam I am. I do not like her in a van. I do not like her on a tree. I do not like Kristen Stewart, no siree. Uh, I won't get into it now because I could defend because I actually am like a huge defender of both Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. I think they're both extremely talented and great actors in their own right, but they just got bogged down in all the, the twilight whirlpool that they got sucked into. They've both been doing a lot of really great independent stuff since doing those movies to try to distance themselves from it. Um, I think Pattinson's seeing a little bit more mainstream success than Kristen Stewart is, but, but she might be, um, 
the first to get a, a real awards nomination under her belt. So we'll see what happens. But I'll be talking about that stuff more as it goes on. But I just wanted to, you know, from from a film as a, as a self-proclaimed cinephile and somebody who follows the stuff, you just I can't not mention all those those big shows going on. And as we get into the, the big festivals coming out, we're going to start hearing more about these movies that I'm very excited for. Excellent. Uh Nico, before we go, uh, do you want to do a little little last minute plug here for yourself? Just a quick reminder. Yeah. Um, so as far as social media stuff, uh, the biggest thing that I use is Instagram, uh, and that's at Nico underscore right. So N-I-C-O underscore W-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at the same uh, handle. Um like I said, uh, September 11th and 12th, I'll be at Eastern Rim Comic Con. That is in Baytown, Texas. Um, I'll be there with all the books that I talked about today. And I'll also have some free goodies, some stickers, and just some little mini comics that I've made for free. So um, ad- admission to the convention is free for all you guys. So it's only about 30 minutes away from Houston. So if you're in the area, um, come and stop by either the 11th or 12th. But yes, that's about awesome. it. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. Um, where can we find everybody else? I am on Twitter at Rockfact. I'm on Twitter at Casualty CDG, and Johan and I also run a tabletop streaming channel where we play non Dungeons and Dragons games every Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, you know Fridays is kind of a free play Friday where we tackle board games with Kickstarter projects, indie games, and things like that. Uh, we are proud to announce happy to announce that we are the first ambassadors in green ronin's ambassador program so we're uh, we have a sales code that can get you five percent off on green ronin and also help support Jahan and i give us a little cash back uh and that's that's something you can find on our twitch which is uh, twitch.tv backslash Jahananan. and we're always on from 8 p.m until 11 p.m central uh, right now we're playing Savage Worlds. We're looking at playing a Dune game re- uh, in the near future instead of uh, our Wild West game. We also have an Expanse game going on on Thursdays. That's Green Ronin's Age System, and we're looking at doing a Modern Age game on Fridays. Uh, I think that's everything we've got going on, right, John? Yes, sir. That sounds good to me. Uh, you can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, at... Uh, Drew's Blues, without without an E in blues, D-R-E-W-S-B-L-U-S, Drew's Blues on TikTok. That is my uh, TikTok account showcasing physical media purchases. Just wanted to give that a plug. And um, what, do we have a hashtag for today's show? Oh, of course, follow the Fresh Out the Box um, Twitter account as well. It'll be in the show notes. That's a given. But um, I think hashtag we should, for the show. I think we should hashtag one of Nico's books. I bet I bet those don't have any fire hashtags right now. Not yet, not yet. What's uh what what do you have right now, Nico? What's one of your books that we should throw on our hashtag for our fans to hashtag for you? Uh, hashtag feeder f e e d e r. If you made it to the end of this podcast, um, send us a tweet. Tweet at us at all of us. Just hashtag feeder. Letting you let us know that you made it to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening today, and we'll catch you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.